Hello, everyone, and welcome to another informative episode of the Florida Business Forum podcast. Let's open the Florida Business Forum floodgates and let the information begin to flow. Here's your Florida Business Forum information guru and anchorman, Sam Yates. Today's Florida Business Forum podcast is being simulcast with the Ohio and Texas Business Forum podcast. I want to welcome as my special guest, Carl Allen. Carl, welcome back to the program. Great to be here, Sam. Thank you. And his wife, Gigi. Gigi, welcome to the program as well. Well, thanks, Sam. You know, I I know that uh, in our previous episode, uh, we talked quite a lot about uh, your background and uh, your history. So, uh, Carl, could you just give us a quick recap in case those folks who are tuning in now did not um, catch our previous? Yeah, I mean, it's a quick story. I was I was born in New York, uh, uh, had a chance to kind of grow up on, a, on one of the Finger Lakes, Canisius. Uh, when I was very young, my family moved to Chicago where I grew up and um, I, my parents got divorced when I was fairly young, and uh, my mom married Mr. Walgreen. I grew up with him and his family. And in high school, I met this lovely lady sitting next to me here, and we started dating very young, got married in uh, 1986. We have four wonderful kids and three incredible granddaughters. And uh, Gigi, I have to say, um, I really can respect that all these years, your husband has now started to own, buy, sell, buy a new boat, and you're still with him. I am. I am. We actually talked about this when we were dating, and we weren't so, so young. We were about 15, 16. (laughs) But there we go. He told me then that he wanted to own a boat. And anytime I've told my wife that I want to own a boat, she's like, it's a hole in the water you're throwing money into. So uh, I have to give it to both of you that you have survived the boats, and I'm glad to have you on the program here today. Now, we teased in a very previous episode that uh, there was something to do with treasure and the Bahamas. Mr. Allen, you own Walker's K. You are uh, the owner also. You're retired now, uh, but uh, your retirement led to Allen Exploration, Allen X. What is that? Yeah, so it's funny. We're, we're based in Dallas. You know, we live in Texas now and uh, been there almost 30 years. And when I sold my business, I started this company called Allen Exploration. And, and we were in this office building. Everybody thought naturally that we were an oil and gas com- company. And come to realize that, uh, no, we are an actual, you know, exploration company looking for old wooden ships in the Bahamas. Now, that uh, is probably an understatement. Uh, how many, if you had to est- give us an estimate of how many shipwrecks there are in the Bahamas, a, a ballpark? Well, if you look at, there's 3 million shipwrecks that are worldwide. And, you know, it was a major shipping lane for the 300 years that the Spanish were moving back and forth, as well as the Dutch and the English and the French. And so the Bahamas is loaded, loaded with shipwrecks, you know, modern day Civil War, and of course, going all the way back to the Columbus days in 1492. Your explorations have resulted in a, there's no other way to say it, a treasure trove of history for the Bahamas. You recently opened a museum. Tell us about that. So, yes, um, a couple years ago, we were granted a license by the government of the Bahamas, uh, something that I'd worked on a long, long time. And it enabled us to salvage 
these wrecks uh, in specific areas. We have a very small part of the Bahamas that's mainly focused around the banks. And uh, I had been, I met Mel Fisher when I was young. I'd got the disease and had it for years. And when I sold the company, we kind of went professional building the fleet. I started studying the, the ship that we're looking for and met the people that were looking at it before me. And um, about a month before Dorian hit, we started finding coins. And right before Dorian hit, I found the first, we found the first two gold coins. And it was, I was like the priest on Caddyshack. I'm like, not now, please. And uh, we had to leave that site for, for nine months. We get back in 2020 and pick the trail right up. And, you know, we're up, I think, close to 14,000 artifacts that could be anything from a, a pottery shard all the way up to some absolutely magnificent jewelry that we've been finding. Gigi, you are shaking your head. Yes, you're nodding in approval. Uh, excitement? Absolutely. It has been nonstop excitement in between times of um, different types of struggles, as Carl pointed out. The acquiring the permit was quite a challenge, but um, you, he overcame it. We got through it. it. It was exciting. And then there we are. We're, we've got a wonderful crew, wonderful group of young Bahamian divers. And the enthusiasm, the excitement, the learning that's going on. These young Bahamian divers with us, as long, among others, our crew members dive. Both Carl and I dive. And it is so exciting at times. And indeed, I did pick up a beautiful gold pendant the other day. And it was so exciting just to be just underwater looking and being underwater is lovely. But then to see this just tiny glint of gold, tiniest glint of gold. And then I turn the item over and there is the cross on this beautiful scalloped shell pendant. So yes, I love every minute of it. That excitement, uh, again, I like to paint word pictures, and I, I could tell from the way you described it. Uh, I don't want to know how, how deep you were diving or anything else, but did you feel like you could just let out a scream and go, yay? I did, and I think what best describes this is I waved over um, one of our Bahamian Defense Force members who is on the boats under the water with us. And I just waved him over slightly and he came over and I'm telling you, his eyes were as big as his, his mask. He just was amazed. I was so thrilled. And we, um, we had previously in that same hole had found a small gold band. Um, I believe, we believe it's inset with amethyst. So, um, there was a lot of excitement. There's, um, it's hard to express so much of that underwater. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you said what you just did, that uh, there was a Bahamian official there. And, Carl, it brings me to, to the point of asking, uh, based on, on the Bahamian relationship, uh, there are marine archaeologists in the Bahamas, uh, but a small number. Yes, it, it's always amazed me, and I think we're, we're going to work on that. But as an island nation, how few uh, marine archaeologists they have. One of them works for me. And um, this dive site that we have, as my wife said, with all these young Bahamians, we are uh, creating a, a breeding ground for people becoming interested in this. I think the university wants to talk to us about implementing some curriculum there. So, yes, it's uh, very important what's going on with these Bahamians. 
Now, your wife just painted a great picture. I'm going to ask you to give us a similar description. If I were to close my eyes right now, our audience is not visualizing what we are seeing, but they're hearing the words. And just like Paul Harvey used to say, uh, the words paint the picture. Tell us about one of the exciting discoveries that you made yourself in your own words. Well, I'm not the greatest finder, although I'm, I'm in the water and everybody appreciates that. But but I have found a few things. I think the, you know, personally, my mine was I was in a hole by myself uh, off to a corner. And I, you know, the what we're dealing with almost looks like a underwater English muffin with a nooks and crannies. And I'm digging with my hand and I did a swipe and. The one thing about an emerald is it contrasts that sand like you wouldn't believe. And I zoned right in on it, and it was about four and a half carats. It's one of our finer emeralds, from what I'm told. Um, and I, that's probably the, the special moment. But it seems like the big stuff that we found, I'm not there. And it really angers me. Matter of fact, we just left there, and we found some pottery this morning. It was almost a hole in four with a gentleman's name on it. And that is the first one we've found of that. So that if that matches the manifest, it's further proof that we're on this ship called the Maravilla. The Maravilla. And everyone always likes to say, uh, I'm on the trail, but that's not just a saying from, without giving away any details, that's not just a saying. Uh, it appears that you indeed are on the trail, on the trail to the mother load. Yes. I mean, we are actually, I don't mind telling people this, we're up on the banks, you know, it's, it's anywhere from 20 to 50 feet deep, and then you got a whole bunch of sand to deal with. But the Maravillas had to deal with a lot of hurricanes. I mean, it's 365 years old. So if you had one hurricane a year, um, it moves stuff. I mean, it's next, right next to the Gulf Stream. So if you have a 50-foot wave coming into 40-foot you know, uh, bottom, it's basically a big whitewash out there. And it hydraulics even the heaviest items. So what we're dealing with is much like, I hate to put it like this, but much like a plane crash. It's scattered. But I do believe, we all believe, that there is a main pile or a mother load, as they like to say in Hollywood, very similar to the Atocha. Now, that, and that's one of the topics I'm sure that's going to come up as you are going to be in the Keys in Key West for Mel Fisher Days. Uh, do you anticipate a lot of folks coming up saying, hey, do you need somebody else to go along with you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been on uh, news all over the world. <laughs> it's, it's kind of amazing to us. I didn't realize how interested people are in this, but that's why I'm interested. Um, I made it on Fox News Live with uh, um, Bill Hemmer. That was incredible. And so, yes, I've actually been warned um, that I should probably wear a disguise because, you know, we're real. This is this is very, very exciting. Um, we've found hundreds of emeralds and amethysts and coins and some of our coins are what are known as transitional when the king thought he was getting you know bad coins he he commissioned a whole new set and and the archaeologists are amazed at some of these things that we're finding and so it really it's been so long to be able to talk about this we had to the government asked us to keep it quiet until we opened the museum and oh it's so good to get this out and be able to talk about this because it's it's a thrill and, and I and I have to confess, I knew about this before the museum, and it, it was. It's probably one of the best-kept secrets uh, that has been around. A little birdie told me, and maybe it's not true, but a little birdie said that you do have a Mel Fisher connection with your crew. 
oh, yes, that's right, in the beginning, which I didn't even know until we, I think the first week or so we got in there. I said, who's that young kid over there? And somebody said, well, that's Mel's grandson. And I just, I just kind of stood there for a minute because it's because of his grandfather that I was doing what I was doing. I mean, he gave me the disease, you know. It is amazing. The Bahamian government, uh, I, I'm sure that they are so very thankful for what you are doing because it's my understanding, unlike other salvers, uh, everything's going to stay in the Bahamas. Yeah, I mean, this is, let's face it, it's controversial. There's no question. Um, the Bahamians have never signed the UNESCO agreement. I believe, just like they do, that, you know, just like, um, shrimp and lobsters and fish that that it's a resource and it needs to be exploited and i now have two prime ministers that are supporting us and and that's everything you know this begins and ends with the government how much of your time between the two of you how much time actually goes into allen exploration and furthering this search and is there an urgency that we're now into hurricane season again well, I mean, I, one thing I feel this tremendous responsibility um, with what the government has put their faith in us. And we have it. It's, it's by year right now. The government's considering longer terms. But, but everything, Sam, I mean, you could have the government, the people, the equipment, everything perfect. And then there's Mother Nature. Because we are so unprotected out there with the currents and the winds, we can't operate more than about 10 knots of wind. And so we average about one out of 10 days, maybe a month a year that we're out there. Today, we have the benefits of a lot of things that were not available during the Mel Fisher days, uh, GPS being one of them. Uh, is technology playing a major role other than, yeah, I, and I can guarantee you, you have some gut senses about what you're doing, where you're going, but technology also plays a big role? Absolutely. I mean, Mel Fisher, when I met him in 1987, he said to me, hey, I wish I was your age. And I'm like, uh, you just found the Atocha. And he said, well, it's, it's technology that's going to find these ships. And you mentioned the first one, GPS is huge. I mean, these guys used to use Loran, you know, Dead Reckoning, but we can pinpoint now and, and, and mathematics with GPS is phenomenal. And so we put it right on the back of our boats. We know where everything comes out of. And it's, it's, it's a very, you know, simple process, but without GPS, you couldn't do it. Well, I think we do have to give credit to our uh, operations chair, is um, Dan Porter, who is so well-versed in all phases of the computerization, the technology of plotting, of locating, of being exactly where we want and need to be and yeah. moving on so we know exactly where well, our coordinates are. Put us together. I mean, Dan Porter uh, has been a lifer. He's one of these guys. He's not a weekend warrior. He's not a part-time guy. He lives this business. And I met him during Doran Relief. He was hauling goods over, and I said, who is that guy? And and we hooked up, and that was three years ago now, and, and it's been a great partnership. He truly knows what he's doing. He grew up around Mel Fisher and Bob Marks and all the old the treasure hunters, and it's tremendous to have Den Porter with us. When people think and visualize treasure salvers, and when they think and visualize uh, retrieving some of this lost treasure, 
they always think of pirates. Neither of you look like the pirate types. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> uh, Sam, you ought to meet some of my crew. <laughs> uh, we're the good-looking folks, but yes, we have some guys that would definitely fit that category. <laughs> they're lovable. But they're lovable. That's great. Gigi, a, a question for you. Yes. Now, and you dive, and you have been finding the treasure. When people hear about what is going on now with uh, the, the salvage and the finding of the treasure and the museum, the Maritime Museum, uh, we always think about it being the guys that are out there. But setting an example for our female salvers-to-be? Well... Better mention our daughter. Uh, I think our daughter, Katie is the most enthusiastic of our female divers. Um, we've had a history, our daughter Katie, um, she was just with us. In fact, we had just two, two holes to dig before time was up because we had to get her back to Florida to fly out. And with diving, you have a limited you know, time. Well, two holes, there we are. And she's so eager, she drops in, and sure enough, on that first hole, she came up with a beautiful teardrop emerald and another pendant um, topped with sterling silver. I think the females on the boat, every year we've had females, and it's always exciting. We have um, Leah with us this year, a local Bahamian diver, along with her brother. Um, every year, it is so lovely to see the female divers because even if I recall back when I was in high school, my brother was certified about the same time Carl was, but I don't know. That was in the seventies. I just don't recall a whole lot of opportunity, but now there is, you can go to any YMCA, you can get your training in a backyard pool. And I, well, for years you weren't certified and I would, I would be down there and look up at her like she was a piece of bait. And I said, <laughs> you know, maybe we ought to get you certified. <laughs> and so the way I did that was a wonderful way to do it. I think looking back was our children and I went and got certified together. So we all did the work. We passed the test and got certified. So I encourage so many more to do so. That inspiration for uh, others who want to get into the business and or just get into the excitement of it. I, I think that's those are good words. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. As we look ahead, I, I know that you've been finding a lot of gems. And a lot of people, as they look at what was coming um, through the islands and where it was coming from, not everything seemed to have uh, the, the traditional, if I, if I were to say it this way, some of the traditional treasures uh, were from specific areas. But I would venture to say some of what you're finding came overland or came from far distances away. That's a big question mark, a big mystery. Yeah, absolutely. The Spanish, you know, back then they had a global system and they were, they were running what were called the Manila Acapulco gallons. And that was a tough trip. But they would bring all sorts of jewelry, gold, silver, platinum, uh, figurines, they, porcelain, um, silks, um, and they would go to Acapulco. Then all of that would go over land on Oxcart and either go to uh, Veracruz, Mexico, or Cartagena. The, the ships would either go to Cartagena and go back to Spain or go to Veracruz in Spain. The interesting thing about the Maravilla is it's one of the few ships that stopped in both places. 
and it did because it was dodging an English um, armada that was after him. And so we are finding stuff from Veracruz and from Cartagena. And the, again, the archaeologists are stunned because none of this stuff was on the manifest. And I think that's so exciting because the ship was two years delayed. And so, so much more merchandise was loaded on that ship. Yeah, it definitely is one of the richest treasure ships that ever left the New World. Again, I have to pose the question. This time I get to pose it to both of you. Can you come back for a future episode? Oh, my gosh, yeah. 100%. I think we'd love to. I think maybe you should do one with just her. She's She's got a real passion for this. I mean, she she started, and I can't get her out of the water. A lot of times it, it's dark and the tiger sharks come. She's in the water more than anybody of our crew. It's incredible. I think they probably would have met their match with Gigi. That's the one I'm seeing here today. But I would love to do that, and uh, I want to keep the door open. Is there anything we have not touched on today that either of you would like to share before we wrap this up? episode up i just you know again walkers uh we're open for business in the marina uh struggling a little bit there with the the structure but we're hoping that you know i'm going to say probably first quarter we're renting these 16 cottages that are built right here in stewart as we talked about in your last show and it's going to be neat to see these coming out of the st Lucie inlet here in in a few weeks two by two so hopefully hurricane season is going to be easy on us and uh but yeah it's been great sam baby you got anything to Well, I just appreciate that everybody's interested in what we're doing. It's very exciting to know. um, I think we've spoken to people and it's, they get stars in their eyes. People are so excited about just the idea of what we're doing. And I just look forward to doing it more and having more things to talk about. Yeah, and please visit our museum. It's it's open uh, Monday through Saturday, Lukaya Harbor in the Bahamas and Freeport. Gigi and Carl Allen, thank you once again for being here, and we look forward to having you back for future episodes. All right. Have a great day, everybody, and we will continue the story. So stay tuned. The Florida Business Forum is dedicated to showcasing Florida businesses and CEOs of all sorts to promote their business or not-for-profit in the only business forum of its type in Florida. Thanks for tuning in, and remember... The Florida Business Forum is now accepting guest applications. Have a great day, everyone, and stay tuned for more business.